Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and I'm Josh Halliman. You are listening to Just Films and That's the podcast where we celebrate the films we think are underrated, underseen, or we just wanted to talk about them. This week's film is Imperium, so let's see what we think. So, Alice. Yes, Josh. Imperium. Indeed. Following Equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Not a sequel. No, it's uh, not, surprisingly. <laughs> very different films. It is, um, yeah. <laughs> You've picked this one, obviously. So mm-hmm. it's from 2016, so no spoilers. Uh, sorry. <laughs> there are spoilers. The opposite. The, the opposite, opposite of what of I just that. said. There's um, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> There's ah, so many. Um <laughs> Imperium, it's from 2016. You've picked this one. So, spoiler warnings for those of you who haven't seen it. So, Alice, intrigued by this one. Mm. What's it about and why did you pick it? So, to keep it brief, it's about an FBI agent called Nate, played by Daniel Radcliffe, and he's assigned a mission basically to infiltrate a white supremacy group uh, because the feds think that they're about to commit a, a terror offence, basically. Mm. They, mm. They've sort of traced these chemicals that have been imported from abroad, and they think that they're going to use them to blow up uh, some government buildings. Mm. Um, and that's that's basically what it's about, really. Mm. We follow Daniel Radcliffe on his journey and like how he deals with this situation. Um, I picked it because I do believe it's underseen. I saw it kind of by accident. I think I've said to you before, and you might remember too, listeners, that after watching Swiss Army Man, I went on a bit of a Daniel Radcliffe bender because I was like, oh, wow, he's actually a really great actor. Daniel Radcliffe bender. So I was like, he's actually a great actor. I want to see more from him. And this was one I was, I think I was literally just scrolling on Amazon Mm. and this one was there and I was like, oh, there he is. I'll watch this then, I guess. Mm. I was like, oh, this is actually really good. And I thought I was really impressed by it. Um, And then I I hadn't heard anybody mention it. I don't know anyone who'd seen it. And it got a very limited release as well and was only available in like one place for, for... for a lot of time I mean, until it dropped on Amazon. I mean, I'll I'll say this: I hadn't even heard of it. There we go. I'm so doing this well is in so the uh, fitting into the uh, category of underseen. This, yeah, yeah. Well, this is in the Brother Solomon category, which might be the only other film in this category. Of, I've literally never heard of it. You hadn't you hadn't heard of Brother Solomon, hadn't you? No. Oh, so forget, so other than I can't think go. I can't think of another film you've picked. There's obscure ones, but I definitely think I've heard You've of heard of them. them. Yeah. But like, okay, I, I not a cl- the only reason I knew Daniel Radcliffe was in this film is because he's on the poster when you look for it to is, to watch yeah. it. So yeah, with his shaved head, with his with his with his shaved head, and so his new tattoo. <laughs> so let's let, let's get into it then. So let's you know, do we think it's underseen? Well, we've started, but pretty strongly on that front. 
yeah. but let's talk about what we liked about the film. So obviously you've watched this again. So you must yeah. have watched this quite recently then. I mean, in the Pretty last recently. year, in the last year. Within, yeah, yeah about so. that, within the last year. And I, it immediately went on my list. As you say, so did you like, watch it again cool. or did you just... Um, oh, yeah, Because sometimes there is a temptation. I've watched films and I've gone, this would be a good pick for the podcast. Because what? you know it if from I just, start to finish. If I just make, no, what I mean is like, you watch a film that you think might be underrated or under scene, you think, this would be a good pick the podcast. I could just take notes now. Oh, I see what you mean. Like and every then, time, even when then, you go to the cinema, what, the like I'm I there watching notes. Sonic 2, yeah, like making the, notes, yeah. like, we'll do this one <laughs> Excuse eventually. Excuse me, my son is trying to enjoy Sonic 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, why have you got your laptop? <laughs> no, <laughs> I am. Um, <laughs> Excuse me, this woman is watching. <laughs> um, but I, my, the way I, I don't know about you, the way I take notes is so you know, chaotic that I just get everything down and then figure yeah. it out. Yeah, a few Put days later when we're package. prepping for the episode. So yeah. I never, I always, always, we're professional here, guys. We mm. always watch the film. Um, of course. I, th- I genuinely don't think there's ever a film we've done where I've not watched it all the way through. Anyway, oh God, so you did watch it again then. So what, with a, with a more critical eye then, what did you like mm-hmm. about it? So there is a lot that I like about this film and I'll just focus on the main things because we've only got a limited amount of time. Um, So I really like the way that the story is told. I think the concept itself doesn't feel particularly fresh or groundbreaking. You know, it's an FBI agent going undercover to stop a terrorist plot. Okay, simple enough. But I do enjoy the way that the story is told. There's not a huge amount of exposition dumping and even in the conversations between characters that reveal a lot of information, they all feel very normal. So nothing ever feels forced and for me it all felt quite naturalistic. I think this is helped with the use of other things that help tell the story, such as websites, photographs, PowerPoints, audio recordings, books, and what appears to be archive footage. And this sometimes gives, um, it sometimes gives it a slightly documentary-like quality, I thought, which yeah, I Yeah, a lot of imagery, really isn't there? There's a lot of imagery. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that sort of, it, it's world building, isn't it? And it's yeah. kind of letting you know, because it's as Daniel Radcliffe's character, so Nate, as he's looking through all this stuff, you know, he's got to get in the right headspace to to think like a white supremacist and become a white supremacist so he doesn't get found out while he's trying to, you mm. know, infiltrate. So he's watching all this content, he's reading all this like reading stuff. reading Mein Kampf and like yeah. all, the, all, the, all the other lesser known books and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So then you feel exposed to the same stuff mm. that the you know, that the characters in the film do, uh, which I thought had quite a powerful effect. Uh, I think it's written really well and things didn't feel forced. And especially when it was time to move the story along from one sort of plot to the next or whatever. So for instance, when Nate is first approached by his colleague, Angela, played by Tony Collette, who I know you love. So I also love picked Tony this Collette. for you, Josh. So I know you love Tony. Yeah. Um, so when she approaches him to do the undercover operation, we cut from Nate basically saying he can't do it. You know, like, why are you mm. choosing me? There's no way I'm not tough or and any of this. So then a few moments later, his superior Tom saying, are you out of your fucking mind? So mm. you get that progression then. It's mm. like, oh, he's decided to do it now. It's not him running into his office going, put me in coach just give me a chance do you know what I mean it's like I can do it come on I can take these neo-nazis coach exactly I took down Voldemort I can take down (laughs) well exactly Danny boy can do anything Um, and it, it wasn't like that it was a bit more a bit more sophisticated than that and a bit more well thought out and a bit more subtle I suppose um there's quite a lot of silence in it as well. Not every single second is filled with dialogue, which I think really makes you focus on what's happening on screen and the events that are taking place. And this really enhances the tension building as well, which is a really strong factor in this film, I thought. So you're dealing with an undercover agent, right? So you're just waiting for him to get found out the whole time. So from the moment he meets his target, Vince, and his gang, 
in the in the sort of diner place, you're just totally on edge and invested in this line of action, thinking, oh my God, how is he going to do it? How is he going to keep up this ruse? Because they they depict him to be a bit, I guess, like a bit of a timid character. He's quite like, isolated, isn't he? He's, he's a loner. He likes, he's like, he's not... He's not one of the, he's, he's not, it does a good job of showing you like all these testosterone driven FBI agents and he likes yeah, books and classical music and wine yeah. and their, he lives their on his beer own. and sport and yeah, push yeah, ups. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all the stuff. And they do, I think they do a good, yeah. And I agree that the tension building is, there's a bit in it, there's a couple of bits in it, but one bit in particular where obviously he's undercover, so he has, has mm-hmm. to pretend to be a neo Nazi. And he's and and he's he's on a neo-Nazi march. Yeah. And his friend who is black mm-hmm. notices yeah. him and recognizes yeah. him and starts talking to him, going like, What are you doing? Like yeah, what are you doing now? Like what, what are you doing, doing here? Yeah. So I think and he has to he can't blow his cover. So mm-hmm. he does well, without going into it, I think it's pretty obvious what what he does to not blow his he's, cover. He's but, abusive to him, isn't he? Yeah, but but the but the, him, yeah. the language you I mean it's obviously it's abhorrent and everything like that, but the tension in that bit where you're going, oh shit, what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? Yeah. And you and you re- and there's other bits as well where obviously he is an FBI agent, so he doesn't want to blow his cover, but also he doesn't want people to get hurt. So there's a bit where yeah. um, they they approach a couple who are uh, one of them's black and one of them's white, so they're sort of you know they take issue with the mixing of the races or whatever mm-hmm. because you know they're assholes, and um, he has to try and stop them beating them up. Yeah, so he's but also not blow his situation. But also not blow yeah. his cover, and it's it's yeah. a really interesting a couple of really interesting sort of dilemmas thrown in there mm. about what you do for the greater good, you know, because the actions he still takes to not blow his cover are still bad. Yeah, but he is doing them for the right reasons. I know that's a really strange way to yeah. put it, but you the the tension building is is excellent. I thought. Yeah, but the the feeling is they will kill him if they yeah, find out yeah. who he is. Definitely, like they're already. They're, they're quite aggressive characters. We know they've got access to weapons and mm. stuff. And, you know, will they just kill someone in broad daylight? I mean, quite possibly. Like, yeah. that is the impression that you get. They're going so to blow up a load of people in a exactly, in yeah. terrorism, so then why wouldn't you be? So there's a lot of him having to think on his feet and stuff. And I feel like I just connected with him completely. Like, mm. I just connect with the character. I thought the performance was brilliant. Really, you know, assisted by, by a terrific script as well. There was some great attention to detail in there as well that I really liked. So things like the gang speaking in hushed tones when they're mm. in the diner. Mm. So when they have their first meeting, Vince, who's like the leader of this part of the gang, they're, they're doing like a, not an initiation, but I guess just trying to find out who Nate is. Why Why is he like this? You know, he, he, was, he says his sort of backstory is he was in Iraq and he saw a lot of his friends go down and all this. And Vince is talking in very hushed tones. You know, he's only just above a whisper because they know that they can't be heard talking about the kind of shit that they're talking about in public. But then you've got Roy, who's another member of the group, who's a bit more of a loose cannon. You know, he's more outwardly threatening. He's very, you know, he's very aggressive. Likes to fight, he's very he? rude. Likes, yeah, like, exactly. Um, you've also, in that scene as well, there are flies buzzing around their heads, which I thought was interesting. And I was like, ooh, what is the film trying to convey here? Is it that they're rotten on the inside and then that's why these <laughs> flies are buzzing around them, that sort of thing? Or is it just to make the audience feel uncomfortable without well, yeah, knowing I think, why they feel but uncomfortable? But then that's, that could, could be either, couldn't it? So that's the real, so I suppose that's a real mm. skill. There's a real skill in that because some people might read into it, some people might just go, God, I don't like that. Yeah, exactly. And not know why, right? Because you've got this very real and obvious 
um, you know, uncomfortable thing in the kind of Nazis, in the imagery, in this white supremacy rhetoric that they're going with. And then there's just a couple of flies buzzing around their heads and it's like, ugh, weird. Um, and things like, you know, having swastikas on cupcakes, because obviously yeah. we visit a few of the sort of white supremacy families and their wives, you know, and they're cooking and making house and stuff. And there's this scene where she brings out a tray of cupcakes with a swastika <laughs> on them. And that obviously invokes such a myriad of feelings because it's like, oh, something nice and cute and familiar in a cupcake with this really like a symbol that we regard as being horrific and has got such strong associations with something so horrible. And there was a lot of that going on. And I thought it all just worked really well to build this picture and to build this world and to really suck you in and to put you on edge and to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So following on from that, that's one of the main things I liked about the film, which is it does, I think it does, it reminded me in some ways to not to the same extent as Funny Games. In um, that it, yeah, it, interesting. It yeah. did some really interesting things in its relationship with you as an audience member. Mm. So it starts with a quote about something to do with building bridges or building a words, better world. Yeah, words are the route to building bridges. Yeah, or and it's about creating like a better that, world. Yeah. And you immediately go, oh, that must be from like a positive historical yeah. figure or like someone to do with the FBI or something like that. And then immediately it's like Adolf Hitler. Yeah. So right from the get go, it's like, this is going to make you question, not necessarily your beliefs, because I don't think that's what it's about. I'm not saying it's like, oh, we're all for neo-Nazism here. But I, I like the way that it teases you and, and communicates with you as an audience member. So mm. I think what it does a good job of then later in the film after that is creating the, this group of neo-Nazis as actual people. Mm-hmm. So I think there are plenty of films about this sort of thing where it's, it's really easy to give them just no backstory, one note. They're just that and they're horrible. And of course, what they believe is abhorrent and all that, but they are people and they do arrive at that conclusion, not necessarily for a reason, not a rational reason, but there's always a reason. It you know, doesn't mean it's a, a good reason or a rational reason, but, mm-hmm. it, but it is there. So to see them, because they're not all skinheads as well, so they're not all Nazis yeah. in the way that you think of with shaved heads and the tattoos. Well, Some of them are Jerry, just... Jerry, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, so there's Jerry, who's like, he's a family man, he's an engineer, he's got a yeah. nice house, kids, family. A vegetarian. He's a vegetarian. <laughs> Doing a barbecue. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so they have these family parties or these parties where they're all around, they're all friends, there's kids running around and you hear the kids and they say things that reflect their beliefs and all that sort of thing. Mm. And so they make them people. So you see them having nice houses, listening to music, nice cars, normal people. Because ultimately there are pl- there are normal people who who hold these beliefs. They're not all, you know, they're not all f- villains from an action film, you know? Mm. So I thought that was really, and so rather by making them monsters, they make them human beings and they make you realize that they're quite a lot like us mm-hmm. but they just don't share your beliefs or, or maybe you mm-hmm. do i don't know but but for most people i'd like to think anyway they don't share the beliefs uh, beliefs of this and and that only heightens the impact of what you're seeing and how they're mm-hmm. speaking and their beliefs and, and i think that's a really interesting idea yeah definitely to to show yeah. you them as people not as well, I guess to show you them as people, not as villains. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is they are the antagonists of the film, but they're not, I don't know, they're not villains, I, I guess is what well, I'm trying because, to say. Because our hero obviously is Nate and he's not the one 
thereafter. Yeah. Like, it would be different if we were following, say, a black family yeah, who lived you, if you in think the same town like, if, you, if you think of something as, like, black clansmen, if you've seen black clansmen, yeah. that's the, obviously the focal point of that is true story of a, of a black FBI agent who infiltrated the, K, the KKK. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is obviously much more of a part of it than that. But you're right, that's a really interesting point, which is he could be one of them mm-hmm. because he's made up to look like one of them, but he isn't. Mm. But they would have no problem with him. Yeah. So did you like it then? I feel like I'd completely crossed over that. Yeah, I got so, a bit too so, excited. So I really enjoyed it. Okay, yeah, cool, so, so overall, I really enjoyed it. I think, there's, I think there's a lot to like in there. That was one of the standouts for me, which was that interesting mm. idea of humanizing these people and sort of, I don't know, this is sound, it's not like a wanky thing to say, but holding a mirror up to blah, you blah, blah. You love a wanky yeah. thing to say. Yeah, yeah, so holding a mirror up and no, no, no. But the fact, yes, no, but yes, the yes. fact is, is that it humanizes them. And by humanizing mm-hmm. them, it just highlights the horror. And it's almost that idea of mm. plenty of people are not that far away from that if yeah. they go down a road that leads them there. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's so, the real horror is that it, they're not bad guys in Indiana Jones. But they yeah, are. They're not scary monsters. Yeah, they're not scary. They're not scary monsters. You know, the, the monster in the there are, blue lagoon. There are or black plenty lagoon or of people alive now who remember them the first time round, and there are plenty of people right now who affiliate themselves with them politically or ideologically or whatever you want to call it. So it's still a real problem. It's mm-hmm. not going away. It's like um, social horror. Yeah, isn't it? it's so, like a different so kind of horror. By going horror. and look at these people having a barbecue, just like you might have a barbecue, mm-hmm. except their cupcakes have have got. swastikas on on rather than Peppa Pig or whatever so Mm. I thought that was a really interesting idea and I thought it was quite a brave idea as well quite a brave choice Mm -hmm. to sort of to to go to you as an audience member again and that's where the comparison to funny games comes in that Mm -hmm. sort that comparison to horror being you know a bad day away sort of thing if you like so no overall I I did really enjoy it and again back to that point I I really enjoyed the whole idea of they it starts off and they bombard you with all this imagery and really and it gets Mm -hmm. quicker and quicker and more frantic and more frantic of Mm -hmm. far-right imagery and it's uh, you know back to the war or or more recent images images like Timothy McVeigh and and uh, and that sort of thing and I thought at first it's quite overwhelming and then the film does a really good job of continuing to do that and you just adjust Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And yeah. you just become, yeah, and you just yeah. become used to these images. We go, oh, look, another, yeah, another KKK rally there. Yeah, yeah, and and it's almost like you become numb to it as Nate becomes numb to it, mm. and then, and yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. And then again, back to your point, Daniel Radcliffe gives a fantastic performance in this. I He's do great. think I, I, he is great. I like I like the Harry Potter films. I don't think he's the strongest actor. Well, and this is in certainly why, in them. This is why I think I appreciate Daniel Radcliffe so much now is because the. The, the odd Harry Potter film that I did see, mm. I saw him and I was like, I mean, he's not a good actor. And I, I didn't really think any of the kids were, were particularly good actors. So Doesn't help that they're surrounded by like, the best British actors as well. Well, like, indeed, it, it does, indeed. But no, the, you know, I, I think the other two, as in uh, Emma Watson and Rupert Grint, are much stronger than him. And I know he's got a lot to do. Mm. And it's difficult because I don't know how, you know, it must have been quite a difficult thing to write because obviously the books were such a phenomenon. They probably was different yeah. in every... And they're kids, man. Yeah, and like, they're what kids. What was he, 11 when the, it started? The books like... are probably... He might be different in everyone's mind. That's the tricky part of adapting yeah. a book, isn't it? You know, one person's Harry is a different person's Harry and, and interpretations, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. obviously he's very good in Swiss Army Man and he's really good in this. And he, he does a lot of good stuff like where... When he's practicing becoming Nate, you see him do mm-hmm. things like adjust his stance, adjust his posture, yeah. change his voice. So he's got yeah. quite a sort of high, not high pitch, but you know, he's, he's got a, a higher voice, a higher tone mm-hmm. to his voice and a, a more nasal tone to his voice. And then when he's going to be Nate, he um, he deepens his voice. Mm-hmm. And you see him practicing doing that. And then he does that. And then throughout the film, it cuts with him having meetings with Tony Collette, who's his, his boss's handler. And he goes mm-hmm. back to being Nate, the FBI yeah. agent. And you can sort of see him make those differences between him as a person, him as an undercover. And I thought that was really mm-hmm. interesting. I thought, and I did think I did think he pulled it off as well. He did I think what Daniel Radcliffe does a lot, and I've not seen loads and loads of films outside of Harry Potter and Swiss Army Man, but he brings a real uh vulnerability to the character in this. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really good. That was really important. You know, you could you could you could easily play this like I know. I've got in my notes here, it's a, it's a cross between Black Klansman, American History X, and The Departed. But another mm. film that's similar in plot is like, if you think of Point Break. Okay, you know what? I haven't seen it. You've not seen Point Break and you criminal, like, and you like know, Keanu criminal. Reeves. I know, and he's got long hair and yeah. there's lots of surfing going yeah. on. It's criminal. But, but, <laughs> it, but he, uh, I'm going to pick it. I'm just going to pick it. Um, Do it, please, but, please, please. <laughs> but in that, it's, you know, it's very much an action film first. Mm-hmm. But... I, you know, there is no real vulnerability to Keanu Reeves' character in that film. He's not particularly developed character in terms of the writing or mm-hmm. whatever. It's all in the concepts, it's all in the stunts and all that. But in this, Daniel Radcliffe, I think, does bring that real vulnerability to to Nate as a character. But anyway, what else? What else? You pick this. So what else did you like about it? 
So, I mean, you've touched on it there about the performances and, and not just Daniel Radcliffe, but everyone pretty much. I found everyone to be convincing and you've got an array of different personalities here. Like we said about Roy, he's very loud, very outwardly aggressive, very paranoid, which actually makes him the least threatening of the lot. Mm. Then you've got someone like Vince, who's much calmer, much more collected. And there's something quite menacing about that. And then little Johnny, who's just like this young kid that's getting swept along in it all, who then gets his redemption at the end mm. after having been arrested. And then then Jerry, who for me is one of the more interesting characters, right? He's a family man. He's a cultured man who likes music and is a vegetarian and seems to be a great dad and a great husband. And I quite like what he symbolizes, or at least what I think he symbolizes. Because something that really grinds my gears, and this is just my opinion, is when something bad happens in the news, right? So say someone murders someone or commits a horrible crime. A lot of the time, the people who knew them say things like, oh, but he was so lovely. He never would have done something like that. He wouldn't hurt a fly. He was such a good neighbor and all this. And I feel like people are really quick to forget that the version of someone that you know is the version that they are choosing to show you. Yeah. Like if you were Jerry's neighbor and you saw the FBI swarm his house and arrest him like they do at the end of the film, you'd be so confused. Like this responsible father, husband who has barbecues and dinner parties. Surely he's not a terrorist. So I like that it it challenges that narrative and challenges the narrative that people think that criminals look a certain way like a or man. act a certain yeah, way like a when man. obviously it can be anyone at any time. It could be your friendly neighbour. Do you know mm. what I mean? Because it you, you do hear it quite a lot. Maybe I hear it a lot more because I work in the news. I don't know. But people are like, oh, I just, I never would have thought it would be him. Oh, I never thought he would do something like that. And it's like, you should be prepared for anyone to do anything. Yeah, not everyone has got like, like facial scars and like... Exactly, yeah, one eye. Yeah, or, you yeah. Know, yeah. Like, yeah. everyone looks like or a chewed a their Bond digits villain. off yeah. in a prison yeah. in Russia. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's move on then to talking about things that we either didn't like about the film or that we perhaps changed. I don't, I don't get the impression this is going to be a big list for you, but it is, is there anything that you would have liked to have seen differently? So there are two. There's just two things, and I'll start with the least severe. Mm. So I've, I have mentioned before how I can't stand people chewing gum. Right? Oh, yeah. So we had Colin Farrell doing it Minority in Report. Uh, Minority yeah. Report. I feel like we've had a couple more. I'm pretty sure like someone in the replacements does it. Yeah. And now we've got Tony Collette, so Angela. Mm. She's doing it like the pretty Nicorette, much. Nicorette, and it's like all is it Nicorette, is it Nicorette gum. She's, uh... Yeah, because every now and then she'll actually smoke mm. a cigarette. And it just annoys me. I hate the sound. I hate the mouth movement. I don't want to see inside your mouth all the time. Like it's different when someone's talking, but when you're chewing and then she's having conversations with people while she's chewing. <laughs> just irritates me. I'm going to try and find a film that is solely about the chewing of gum. Well, I'm sure for some ASMR fans, like <laughs> it, that's paradise. Do you know what I mean? But that just ain't for me. But you know, that ain't going to ruin So besides the, the usual hating the chewing of gum, what is yeah. that? Well, the other thing, and sticking with Tony Collette, so with Angela, so when Dallas Wolf, who we, did, we didn't even mention in, in the likes there, but Dallas Wolf is a character who is a bit like, say, Alex Jones in yeah, America. Yeah, like a sensationalist the, journalist presenter yeah. who has his own channel and pedals yeah, hate, if you like. Yeah, he does the podcast. He's very clever to never actually incite violence. He just talks a lot about how white supremacy is good and how white people should it's rule that whole, the world it's back and to that. This. It, oh, it's just entertainment, man. What do you mean? Exactly, yeah, because to him it is, isn't it? I'm just an entertainer, he says, yeah. He says he doesn't believe it. He's just doing it I just it want to, to be president. Oh, politics. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so 
when he, he, so he ends up down at the police station or down at the FBI station and uh, Angela starts questioning him and she just blurts out that she knows that his house is setting off a Geiger counter. Mm. So they think that he's got like some radioactive mm. stuff or whatever and that he's part of this plan to blow up this government building and that he has this radioactive material. She blows material. the operation, basically. <laughs> well, basically, yeah. So then he's like, well, no, it's because I've got prostate cancer. So it's obviously, you know, from Radio, the treatment from that. And I just, I, I was just so shocked that she did that. Like, have you... You completely sacrificed Nate's safety there mm. and possibly your own safety. He now knows that someone has been intimately close to his house and knows that information. So I was either like, A, is she really just that stupid that she would allow that to come out of her mouth? Or B, is that even something that her character would do? And it was literally just a case of we need the story to move yeah, on to we... the next bit. And even though I said, like I said at the beginning of the episode, they were very clever about how they move on from one plot to the next. But that, I was just like, I just didn't buy it. I didn't buy, after everything, like her convincing Nate yeah. to do it, like the danger of what he's doing. And then she basically tells to, Dallas to Wolf, someone, someone who they yeah. thought, they literally thought five minutes ago that he was like the head honcho and the one planning this terrorist attack. Well, he's who they're trying to get, isn't he? gives it all away. It starts yeah. off, it's like, this is the guy. you got to get close to this yeah. guy because he's think the leader. It's all him and then, yeah, and then to be like, well, just, well, we're basically investigating you. Shit. Like, yeah, like, yeah. We've got a tail on you. Someone's been in your house. We're yeah. setting off a Geiger counter. Ugh. I didn't even like, notice I was that, just like, actually. Mm, I didn't notice that. I just didn't just buy think that it. was one of those scenes that just, it was like, well, this has to happen to move it along. They just, I think yeah. they just needed to happen. And possibly they needed a bit more peril. Mm. Like they needed a bit more peril for Nate. And yeah. it's like, yeah. and that's the moment, I suppose, like I was saying before, like all that tension about, oh my God, is he going to get found out? When is he going to get found out? Oh my God, this is so tense. I'm on the edge of my seat. Then mm. that was that, I guess. But I just didn't expect it to happen in that way, and I just didn't buy that her character would do that. Um, but that was it. Uh, I think it's a brilliant film. I think it's a really interesting um, concept and story that's told really well, that's delivered with a brilliant script and some excellent uh, cast. Um, and I think it just, it looks pretty good as well. Like the way it's shot, I think, is is really, really clever to sort of throw you into that world and and to, to feel the tension. Uh, what about you, Josh? Was there anything that you didn't like or would perhaps change? So there's not anything that's massive. Um, mm. There's a couple of bits. So the first one I have is, I don't know if this could have been my TV, right? But Oh, go on, yeah. There, there was a couple of issues with lighting, particularly between when there's conversations in rooms between Tony Collette and Daniel Radcliffe's character where it's really mm. poorly lit. And I, and I don't know if it's because they're supposed to be being discreet, but I literally could not see what was going on. So, it, so on your TV remote, Josh, yeah. there's a button yeah, yeah, called yeah, yeah. settings. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> so, so I can't say I noticed, but I imagine that's, like you say, that's probably it, a stylistic choice. It just made choice, me go, I right? can't see what's it's going like, on, so it takes me out the oh, scene a little bit. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Not loads, no, just a little bit like, what? Well, I can't see yeah. what's going on. Um, I would have liked a little bit more exposition later on in the film around... I guess, so the whole thing is that Daniel Rack, they, they suspect they're going to be building a bomb out of homemade chemicals or chemicals that, mm -hmm. that you can get on the internet or whatever. And so they set up a front medical supply company because that company would be able to get this stuff. But it never, unless you know how to build a bomb, which I don't know about you, but most people don't know how to build a bomb. Mm -mm. Um, it lost me a little bit in some of the dialogue later on when it was all about whether okay. they should use this chemical or this chemical. Okay, so I would have yeah. perhaps liked a little bit more, not necessarily a dump or like a, you know, spoon feeding me, just a little bit more like why is what they're doing significant? A little mm -hmm. bit more around the 
the the plot that their actual plot i mean um so i thought that that could have done a couple of pacing issues in the middle of the film but overall i thought mm -hmm. it moved at a good pace um i would have liked a little bit more so the 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 payoff at the ending is that nate finishes the mission and then he seems to get a job in texas, in texas yeah. doing another thing and then you get a bit of a payoff don't you where it's a few years later and the youngest kid who was in the gang who was sort of just being initiated is now reformed and is going around yes. giving talks little johnny and yeah. it's a lovely little ending but i would have liked to have seen more of his character earlier on for that to have been yeah. more of a payoff because he's only yeah, really in like one, one scene, two scenes. You get one conversation between him, like one significant conversation mm. where you get a bit of his backstory with Nate. But then otherwise, because he's with uh, Vince and Roy, because yeah. whenever Roy is in a scene, so he is dominating yeah, that yeah. scene, isn't he? And there's obviously the moment where he gets where Johnny gets arrested, which is, you know, quite powerful as well. What I like about that ending when he's at the school giving these talks to these kids so he looks so young. Mm. Like, and I think when you see him for the first time sort of in the diner and he's got a shaved head and he's wearing a wife beater, you don't quite appreciate how young he is. But then when you put him in a school setting and his hair has grown back, mm. he's like, oh my God, he, he, like, he looks like he could be 14. Yeah, yeah. So I, in principle, I think that's a really good ending, especially mm. with what we're talking about, about the way that it presents you with the Nazis and stuff like that. I think that... Um, it could have been slightly more satisfying if we'd have just been given a little bit more earlier on in the film. Okay, so let's move on to talking about the critical reception then. Now, Alice, you picked this because it's underseen. I do believe so, yes. I mean, even before we do the critical reception, I think it's underseen. I think it, it's mm -hmm. definitely there's definitely something there. You know, it's not a family film. It's not like a... <laughs> uh, no, but it's definitely no, it's something not. there for people to enjoy for all the reasons mm. we talked about. So I think it is underseen. I think it should be seen by more people. But let's look at the rating as well. So. Yeah, what are you thinking, Josh? What am I thinking? Throw a guess at me. I think it probably did okay, like with the critics, mm -hmm. just not that many mm -hmm. people saw it. So let's say, oh, I don't want to go too high. Let's say it gets like a solid seven. I would give okay. it probably a solid seven and a half. Yeah. But no, I would say the the... The critics, I think, yeah, a seven. Let's let's go a solid okay. seven. Lay it on me. So at the time of recording on IMDb, it gets six point five, and then over on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it a very similar sixty four percent. Right, uh, but the critics, the critics are there to impress me. Mm. For once, no, not for once. They've done a few. They've got. A, they've had a few good decisions. To be fair, the critics gave it eighty-four percent. Right. So, yeah. So averaging, you know, if you're going to balance those out, you were probably sort of yeah, quite in, right in with the this area. kind of middle yeah. seven because we've got middle sixes there and a middle eight from the audience, uh, from the critics. Sorry. So, uh, I think it from the critics. I think that's appropriately rated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the audience score is a bit low. Like when I went on IMDb to check and I saw th this was another another reason why I chose it, I think, because on the IMDb page, I was like 6.5, man. I was like, that feels a bit low. Um, so appropriate from the critic, appropriate from the critics, audience a bit low, but ultimately I think it's underseen. I don't know many people who have seen it and it got limited release and I don't think... I just don't think it was particularly marketed that much and I've never does seen it, an ad it for it and never seem, seen a I guess, I guess maybe what do you market it as? Maybe that's the issue. Because it's not yeah, an action like a film. Social so you said earlier it's, it's a crime something. social thriller. And it yeah. but it's not one of those films 
you might not seek it. Oh, it's a gripping thriller about neo-Nazism. Oh, I'll, I'll check that out. Like you might think it's a bit heavy or, or whatever. If, but... That's the thing. And I think that's probably why it scored so high with the critics because it's quite a difficult subject matter, I suppose, with great performances and a great script. But if you're watching a film for fun, which most people mm. do, I mean, it's not fun, but if you're looking for certain qualities of films, it does have those. And I think that's why we both enjoyed it, because we are actively looking for those things. Well, there we go. Then Imperium, underseen, but maybe appropriately rated by the critics. Anyway, Josh, what are we going to be watching next week? Next week, we will be watching and talking about mm-hmm. Bruce Almighty. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay, then I'll try to not say or do anything else, especially <laughs> these weird noises that just came out of my mouth. I've never heard you make noises like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so join us next week when we will be talking about Bruce Almighty. Um, in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's justfilmsandthatpod at gmail.com. And we're on all the social medias if you just search for Just Films and That Pod. Please do, if you get the chance, scooch on over and give us a little rating on iTunes or Spotify. Spotify. We're on YouTube as well. If you could subscribe over there, anything that helps is always appreciated. And if you want to suggest a film, then please, please do because we're always up for listening suggestions. Yeah, we've ahead. had a couple in, and we've got a couple coming up, and I think they're going to be quite interesting Ooh, uh, little watches. So, uh, oh, we're also on your telly. Oh, we, Alice? We are indeed, Josh. Yes, Surprising. we're on the local TV network every Friday <laughs> from 6pm. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the North East, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. We're also on Channel 195 on Sky. That's every Friday night from 6 o'clock on the local TV network and sometimes Mondays as well. Yes, there you go. There are many ways you can catch us. So join us next week when we're going to be talking about Bruce Almighty. Thank you very much, Alice Oliver. Cheerio! Bye! The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.